Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and on this special episode, each of our cast members will share their top three recommendos of 2019. As a loyal listener, you already know we choose geeky recommendations for each episode, whether it be movies, games, literature, music, or in Gabe's case, wrestling? As a reminder, you can also follow hashtag recommendo on Twitter for even more suggestions and reviews. This was a very tough year to whittle down the best of the best. Most of my recommendos were horror movies, and 2019 was a great year for scary flicks, especially reissues and remasters, most of which I watched on Shudder, my favorite streaming service for horror films. I mean, Sam Zimmerman does a hell of a great job curating movies from other countries and lesser-known gems from yesteryear. If you dig horror, I highly suggest you subscribe right now. When I wasn't consumed with feel-good Japanese zombie parodies, or trying to avoid killer robots roaming a mall, or spying on mini-aliens extracting unknown substances from heroin addicts, I was playing board games with giant sharks or famous literary detectives. What I'm trying to say is, 2019 was a ton of fun. With that, let's examine my top three. Number three. Drugs. Guns. Ghosts. Fairy tales. What do all of these have in common? A lot, as it turns out, in the genre waltzing Tigers Are Not Afraid. Taking place in Mexico, this horror film tells the tale of a group of young children who are victims of the drug wars. Their parents are missing, presumably either dead or enslaved by the roaming drug-dealing gangs who also threaten the kids by raiding their apocalyptic hiding places on a regular basis. Against this realistic backdrop is contrasted the imaginary landscape that can only be rendered by children who wish to seek shelter from the bloodshed. Unfortunately, there are few truly happy endings, only a brief respite from darkness. Director Isa Lopez balances heart and cruelty with deafness, forcing the viewer to consider the consequences of hate and the aftermath of neglect. I'm happy to see other critics clamoring on the bandwagon to give this movie the respect it deserves, and I highly suggest you watch Tigers Are Not Afraid. Number two. Laugh all you want, but I think Nicolas Cage is a great actor. Sure, he's notorious for cranking up the energy well past 11, and likewise all too eager to pay the bills by acting in substandard productions. However, I think that only serves to obscure the truly great stuff he's done over the years. How about Scorsese's Bringing Out the Dead? What about Herzog's Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans? I Will Die on Those Hills and more. Add to this the psychedelic meditation that is Mandy. Cage plays Red, a quiet, lonesome woodsman who only wants to stare up at the stars, watch TV, and cuddle next to his eponymous main squeeze. Unfortunately, a local Manson-like cult also wants to get a piece of that action. Violence ensues, and Red embarks on an epic revenge quest. Director Panos Cosmatos creates a gorgeous poetic landscape that is haunting and hellish, with actual demons wreaking havoc on a world that feels like it will split in two any moment. Make no mistake, this is Beowulf for a modern age of mushroom-popping meth heads. Who needs bath salts when you got Mandy? This is another hill upon which to fight because Cage brings it big time. And if his acting doesn't move you, well then, I hope the Cheddar Goblin barfs on your head. Number one. 
This ain't your sister's Monopoly. Board games have come a long way, baby, and I credit Will Wheaton's tabletop series for reinvigorating my interest in gaming, as well as ensnaring my unsuspecting wife into the obsession. We started off with Betrayal at House on the Hill, then moved on to Munchkin, Alien Legendary Encounters, and Mansions of Madness. But none of that compared to the glory that is Gloomhaven. A box that weighs more than 20 pounds? A game whose components you destroy or permanently modify as you play? A price tag well over $100? All of that scared the hell out of me. I couldn't wrap my head around the concept. But a sale crept up out of nowhere that was hard to resist. I took the plunge and have never looked back. This is a deep, card-based role-playing campaign that's heavy on combat aspects but contains enough tantalizing lore to keep my storytelling senses engaged. And the scenarios are so well-balanced, my brain explodes to think how designer Isaac Childress managed to figure it all out. He's a genius, and I hope he's rich beyond his wildest dreams. In my estimation, this is the best board game ever created. It has dominated our game playing over the past year, and it is with much joy we've brought other friends into the fold, and they are equally addicted. Sure, it can take hours to play one scenario, but the satisfaction gained is beyond the paltry cost of time. Gloomhaven is unabashedly my favorite recommendo this past year. And that's it for me. Let's see what our investigators of the unknown have selected. Hello, everybody. This is Brian coming at you from the Lovecraft Tapes. Just wanted to give you my recommendos of the year. It's been a crazy year, and there's been a lot of cool things coming out, but I had to pick only three. Number three. The Boys. The Boys takes place in America where people can be born with superpowers. So as soon as they come of age, corporations sign them up, kind of like pro athletes. So they get like all the publicity and all of the good stuff that comes with pro athletes. But they also have some of the bad stuff that comes with it as well. Just like any person, actually, they can be an addict, they can be a killer, or they can actually just be evil. As soon as something goes wrong, the marketing team steps in and spins it to make it not nearly as bad as it actually was. Check it out. It's a great show, and it has been confirmed for Season 2, which is coming next summer. Number 2. Batman from 1989, the anniversary edition of 30 Years. I went and saw this with my brother, Jeremy, and it brought back so many memories. Every little aspect of this movie brought me back to the time when I saw it in theaters in 1989. But with Kim Basinger, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, you can't go wrong. You guys all know Batman, and it feels like with Batman, it just seems they've come a little bit short on every movie that they've tried. They've never really been able to recapture that. If you haven't seen it yet, or if you don't really remember it or just want a refresher, I definitely recommend going out and getting the Batman 30th Anniversary Edition it's amazing. You will not be disappointed. Number one. From writer, director, and actor Steve Odekirk, Kung Pao Enter the Fist. I've watched this movie every single year for probably the last, I'd say, 13 or 14 years. And that's not even an exaggeration. Basically, they, he's taken a movie, a kung fu movie from the 1970s and rewrote the narrative. His character, the Chosen One, who is searching for Master Payne, the man who killed his parents uh, when he was a little kid. As you could imagine with Steve Odekirk, I'm sure a lot of you know who that is. Comedy ensues. Everything goes wrong. One of the best movies to pull one-liners from that I've ever seen in my life. 
and you can say it in public, a line from the movie, and look around and you can see five or six people glance over at you and give you a smirk because they've seen it too and it's so memorable. Definitely check out Kung Pao Enter the Fist. This is my number one recommendo of the year for 2019. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Why, hello there. I did not see you there. (laughs) What's up, Lovecraft Tapes fans? This is Matt, also known as Dan Williams, also known as Detox, also known as Rocky Arroyo, also known as Insert Your Next Character Idea Here. Back again for the top three recommendos of 2019 that are definitely not in any specific order whatsoever because I hate ordering lists. Number three. Uh, I'm going to start out with Borderlands 3. It's the third game in the Borderlands series, obviously. And while I'll give you this, the writing isn't as good as 2, there's just so much to the gameplay. I couldn't put it down. I mean, both me and Brian co-opted our entire way through this game, had a blast. The characters are great. The abilities are great. There's an unlimited number of guns out there, so it never gets boring because you're, you're always picking up a new shotgun or an SMG or a laser gun or a grenade launcher or something that it's just always changing, always evolving, and it's always a good time, especially if you can find a group of friends to play it with. So Borderlands 3. Number 2. Moving on to the next spot on the list, I'm going free to play and early access. I'm going to say Dota Underlords. Dota Underlords is Valve's attempt to get into what has become known as the auto battler or auto chess genre. Essentially, you have a pool of gold and you recruit different heroes which have different classes. And, you know, if you get a certain number of heroes, you level them up and make them more powerful. And you combine heroes from the same class to unlock bonuses. There's whole layers and layers of strategy in your team composition and where you put them on the board. And when you trade this unit out for that unit and you pick this guy up or you take this item... It can be a lot, I'll give you that, so if you want to get into this, I do recommend finding some tutorials or at least watching some gameplay, but once you do, hop in and play some casual unranked matches. It's a good time, once you get the basics, there's a a lot to grasp beyond that, so like me, you're going to be going back, you know, trying new builds and experimenting with this, and oh, what if I do that? It's just held me for a long time, especially due to the fact that it's out on mobile platforms as well. You can play this game on your computer through Steam, you can play it through an Android or an iOS device, and you can sync your progress. So you sign into Steam through the app, so the games you play on your phone count towards your progress on PC. You can start a bot match and go back later and play it on your phone. Or you can start a match on your phone, come home and hop onto your PC and keep going. It's great. So there's a lot of strategy, there's a lot of depth, and it's a good time. And with the constant changes and evolutions that are coming through early access, I have a feeling that this is going to be my mobile game to go to for quite some time. Number one. Okay, uh, here we are at the end of the list, and I'm super psyched to finally be able to say this. Hands down, without a doubt, beyond any sense of hesitation, Outer Wilds is my number one recommendo of the year and my number one game of the year. Outer Wilds is a game published by Annapurina Interactive, made by Mobius Digital. You play basically an astronaut in this whole little mini solar system, and the game starts on your first day with your ship. You, you know, go around, you talk to people, you get the launch codes for your ship, and they let you up into space. 
They seed all these puzzles and mysteries, and it's up to you to, to go out there and to explore and to connect and to figure out just what's going on. And the reason why I love this game so much is that they had the balls to trust the players. There's no hand-holding. There's no, oh, look, here's a marker. Better go this way. Or there's no people going, yep, you're heading the right way. Yep, you're heading... No. It's literally, they give you a set of starting clues like, oh, you know, there's this weird thing on the moon. I wonder what's up with that. And from there, it's your journey, your way. You can go anywhere in the solar system. You can land anywhere on these planets. And it's you. It's your brain working to solve puzzles in a solar system that's changing. That's one of the cool things is as the time goes on, the planets shift and move and things kind of change in, in a way that I haven't really seen done before. And God, I could go on about this game for a long time. And there's so much I want to say, but I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But I want to motivate you to go out and get this game and play it because it is amazing. And it is a game that I will be remembering for a very long time. Also, soundtrack on this game is phenomenal. I'm literally listening to this game soundtrack right now as I'm recording this because I just really, this, oh, it's amazing music. I love it to death. So there you go, guys. Before I leave, honorable mentions go to both Anno 1800 and Untitled Goose Game. So get out there, grab some games, play some games, have some fun. Happy New Year to everybody out there, and here's to another great year of the Lovecraft tapes. Thanks. Bye. Howdy, true believers. I'd just like to say once again how thankful I am to be on this podcast and how thankful I am that all of you seem to care what I have to say. And even if you don't, I like to live in this fantasy. Number three. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. And really, it's because it's the game that came out this year that I got the most play out of. I think it's been a pretty bad year for video games, all things considered. Not much has come out. And yeah, this is a reboot, but it's probably the best reboot that they've made to this point because it's something that was so good the first time around and I don't think it lost any of its charm coming out again. I like it best because I don't have to use a Switch, so my hands don't start bleeding after 5 seconds of holding those controllers. And Crash is better than Mario. You can fight me on that, he just is. His world is more dynamic. I'm a really big fan of the drift mechanics and the way that it's kind of a super hard game to get great at. It has a good challenge spike. If you're playing it just for fun, it's easy and fine, but if you really want to get good at it, it takes time to master the mechanics, and I think it's just the best kart racer ever made. Number two. Secret Hitler. I've gotten so much fun out of this game over the last years. I got it at Christmas time last year, so I've had it for a year now. And in that time, I don't think I've played any game more. I don't think I've had more fun playing any game. And it's just simply the accusations that you and your friends are going to make against each other are so fun and so baseless. We play it at a house where there are people upstairs, and I know they can always hear us yelling and laughing at each other. It is just so fun to try and deduce who's Hitler and who isn't. And I always like to accuse people, and it's just one of the best party games ever made. Deductive reasoning games are always a lot of fun for me because I like to try and read people and I like to think I have a pretty good poker face. So it's just been a lot of fun playing it over the last year, and it's something you have to try to believe because every experience is going to be different and it has more replayability than any game I've ever seen. Number one... Your Favorite Band Sucks is a podcast that I sit up on the Wednesdays when they release. I sit up and I wait for them to release because I know it's always going to be the most fun hour of my week. 
I love the show so much because I love music and part of loving music is hating music too. Whenever they take down a band that I absolutely hate, it's so fun for me to listen and just sit and agree with them. And honestly, when they take down a band that I love, it's just as fun because I get to sit there and I get to laugh at myself and have a good time. You learn to admit things about yourself when they're taking down a band you love. Like when they're taking down Steely Dan and they're calling their listeners pretentious, you just sit there and you're like, okay, maybe a little. It's just a lot of fun. The guys are hilarious and the show itself is just such a great concept. Taking down just legendary bands and talking about why they suck. It's simple. They've probably done a band that you either love or you hate and you're going to enjoy it either way as long as you can laugh at yourself and as long as you don't get offended by mean nature comments because about 99% of the show is mean natured comments. And the guys just really, they know how to make me laugh. So thank you to all the listeners, and thank you to Brian and Matt and Jeremy for allowing me to be here. I really appreciate it, and I hope that 2020 is just as good as 2019, 2018, 2017 all were. Thank you to everyone, and Lovecraft Tapes forever. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2020. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.